All right, we're in a series called Land of the Promise. How many want God's best for your life? Come on. I want God's best for my life. So we've been looking at how do we go into the beyond. God gave us that word beyond. And there's three meanings in the Hebrew that we've been looking at. And it's the beyond of uh, position of, of space where we are right now currently. And looking ahead and seeing land to take on. I believe that God has given us all territory. And then he's given us territory to take. He's given us territory to occupy here. And he's given us territory to go and possess. How many are ready to possess new land? Come on. I believe God has given us that. And last week we looked at the God of the beyond to cross, to go through. I mean, no, there's going to be some rivers in your way. There's going to be some mountains to get out of the way. There's going to be something that you've got to climb or go through. And we looked at the Lord giving us what we need in order to take a step into the river. To take a step before we see him move. To move on his word, not his action. Come on, somebody. To move on what he said. And so we've been looking at that. And to this week, I'm so excited to dive into the God of beyond time. Beyond time. We serve a God that is beyond time. See, everything around us, we look around our houses, this building, our city, the things that we work in, work around, it's all with these four dimensions, right? You got height, you got depth, you got width, and then you have time. Albert Einstein gave us that fourth dimension, which is time that can be measured. And so we live in a world of measurements. You can measure things. And this is why it's so hard as human beings to believe by faith in what you can't see. Because how many know what you can't see, you can't measure? What you can't see and put your finger on or put it in a picture or post it on Instagram is so hard because it can't be measured. And yet... The Lord is calling us as Christ followers to live in this life of beyond time. Beyond the four dimensions that we see. Beyond height, beyond depth, beyond width, and beyond time. I know that's really hard. When what you want to believe in is what you see. I want to look at time today because... Time can be defined as the progression of events, right? We live in time. But time only moves forward and never, never in reverse. I mean, how many wish some days it would move in reverse, right? Come on, how many husbands in the room you wish you could go back and not say that thing, right? How many women, you know, you're like, you show up to work and you're like, I probably shouldn't have approached this day like that. <laughs> Should step back. But time is always a thing that is moving forward. It's never moving backwards. It's progressing, it's progressing, it's progressing. And, and so as we live in this fourth dimension of time, we have to realize that what we see currently is that fourth dimension. It's the measurement of time. When you look at your week or you plan your month or you're looking ahead at the season. How many are looking ahead at fall and you're like, all right, it's a whole new ball game, right? Because you had summer and summer comes with new events. 
You know, you're going down the shore and going away and take a break from school schedule. And uh, for us in our business, we do uh, summer Fridays. And so we have a shorter work week. And then we got the, the big weekend. And now we look at fall, and fall's different. It, for all of us, it's different. We step into a, a new schedule. We step into a new uh, plan of events. And, and it's this, this dimension of time that we're progressing forward. And what I want to talk today is living with the reality and the thought around God outside of the four dimensions. I want to unpack this today because it's a thought that can be a little bit like hard to wrap your head around. Because we want to serve a God who's on our time. I don't know about you, but I like to pray to God like he's going to answer on my timeline. I like to pray to God like he's thinking like me. <laughs> How many else? You kind of put God in that box. It's like, Lord, you know my season and I have a month. That's 30 days, God. 30 days. And yet we look in the Bible and I think it was Isaiah that said he is outside of time. To him... One day is like a thousand years. He's outside of time. He's not on our timeline. He's not on our time crunch. He doesn't look at our life like we look at it. We want to look at it in the four dimensions, yet God is outside of time and space. And so here we are as human beings, and this is the dilemma. Because we are serving a God who sees what we do not. We serve a God who does not move in progress of time like we do. He's not contained by hours. He's not contained by days or months or years. He's not even contained by your lifetime. Well, God, you only have so much. No, he's outside of that. He, the Bible calls him the Alpha and Omega, which literally means way beginning from the time it all started to way to the end, beyond what we can even comprehend or see. Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. And everything in between is everything else. But God is the Alpha and Omega. So we serve a God that is above the reality of what we see, the reality of what we even live in. And yet, here we are walking into what we believe is the land of the promise. What we believe is God's best for our life. But yet, the best for our life, can I tell you this? The best for your life is beyond what you can comprehend. Because all you can comprehend is the four dimensions. All you can comprehend, height, depth, width, and time. All you can comprehend is what you can measure. Well, I can measure success, and I can measure this life, and I can measure what looks good and feels good. I can measure these things. And yet God is a God who's above all you can ask or think. The land of the promise is actually way beyond what you're thinking currently. It's the God beyond Time. I want to look at Psalms 102 to unpack this, okay? So turn with me. Psalm 102. And we're going to start in verse 24. I'm reading out of the NIV version, so it's a little different what you're reading. Psalm 102, verse 24 says, So I said, do not take me away, my God, in the midst of my days. For years go on through all generations. In the beginning... You laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. 
they will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like clothing, you will change them, and they will be discarded. But you, everybody say it with me, remain. Say it again. But you remain. That's a very key, key word in the scripture. Because what you have to realize is that everything in your life is disposable. But God is the one that remains the same. Your seasons come and your seasons go. People come and people go. Jobs come, jobs go. Opportunities come and opportunities go. How many know this to be true? Come on, things, are, life, in fact, the psalmist said life is like a vapor. And then it's gone. Nothing is, nothing is forever besides God. He remains the same. But you remain. And your years will never end. So if we're going to do this thing right, and we're going to follow God into the land of the promise, if you are going to own all of God's best for your life, for your family, for your job, then we have to approach life according to the God we serve. We have to approach this life in a way that we're acting on as if God is above the four dimensions. We have to act like God is the one who is above all capabilities that we see or own or think we have at our disposal. We have to be like the psalmist who said, all the days, all my years are all like garments you put on, put off. It's all things that come and go. My life is disposable. Everything I have is, is not mine to own. And yet I serve a God who remains the same. I want to encourage you, my friend. That whatever you're facing or coming into or trying to figure out, you serve a God that is the one who remains the same every day. And he is here constantly waiting for you to step into beyond time. Beyond what you can see. Beyond what you're focused on. Beyond the problem at hand. Beyond the trial that you're in. Beyond the, the mountaintops and the valley lows. God is the God who is the God of beyond. How many can rest assured in that? That's good news. But we have to change the way we approach our lives. Not for the temporary, but for the eternal. We have to see with new eyes. This comes with perspective, but a lot of times it's hard. And my, my uh, cousin Tommy in Florida, he wrote a book called Frames. And in it, he talks about perspective, leading your life. I mean, he's so cool. He's a, he's a rapper, and he does all the, uh, the spoken words, and he's an artist, and he has all these really cool frames. And we went down to a conference, and he preached, and he's kept changing his frames, and he had these white frames and red frames and the blue light frames and all the frames. And he talked about sometimes we come into life with the frames of optimism, where we're so optimistic about life. Oh, it's going to be a good season. Ooh, I can feel it. Or you come to December, you're like, ooh, 2024 is my year. 2023, I want to put a big old period out. But 2024, woo, it's going to be good. How many felt that after 2020? You came to 2021, you're like, this is my year. We can all just wash away 2020. Let's go into 2021. Come on. 
and you come into an optimistic viewpoint. But a lot of times what happens in the four dimensions is things happen which cause doubt. And what that does is it changes our frame. It changes the way we view life. It changes what we can see clearly. Because not, it's not always what we, what we can see, it's how we perceive. Ah, It's not always what we can see in front of us. A lot of times, it's what we can't perceive that's leading and guiding our lives. <laughs> a lot of times, when, I'm, when I'm, I'm trying to make it through and make decisions and all, a lot of it has to do with what I can't see. A lot of it has to do with what I'm not focused on. Because I got the wrong frame time. We took Zion to the eye doctor because at school he failed his eye exam. And so he's in the eye doctor and doing the whole thing and poof. The first time he's ever gotten the poof in his eye. My least favorite part of the whole eye doctor. I remember when I was a kid and that first happened, nobody warned me. I went out crying. I was a big baby, but I went out crying like, why are they blinding me? They're like, get in there. It's just a test. Zion, you know, he's taking like a minute. He's like, oh, yeah, all right, that's good. But I remember the first time that she put the lenses on A and B, A or B, A or B, one or two, one or two, one or two, and it got crisp. And he goes, whoa, that's sharp. And I thought about that with our Christianity is a lot of times we even go through life seeing blurry but not even know it. And you're trying to squint. This was Zion a lot. You know, and he couldn't even sit in the couch when we were watching TV. He'd have to move to the floor. He's like squinting to see, and this is a lot of us in Christianity. We're trying to look ahead. Oh, it's so hard. We really can't see what's in focus. And when we pray to the Lord and we say, Lord, look, all we can see is the four dimensions. All we can see is right what's in front of us. But if you will give us your frames, if you will give us new eyes to see clearly what you're doing. If I can live my life today to build the beyond of tomorrow, then I can walk in new reality. All of a sudden now, Zion can see clearly. Now he can read things way far away. He's a really good reader too. He just reads and comprehends and he's telling us all these facts and all that. He's just a super smart kid. But how many know that his, his smart streak, what he has in his mind, will be nothing if he can't see to read what's coming. If he can't see to learn and grow, then what he has just, it's not going to grow. It's not going to become anything. And a lot of times with our Christianity, if we, if we just stay in where we're at and protect today, like it's all we have, and yet God wants to give you a new frame to see what's coming. God wants to give you a new frame to read, to see sharply what's coming. He wants to show us that, that path because when we get new eyes, our beyonds of tomorrow, see, here's the truth. Your beyonds of tomorrow, right, they are based on what we build today. Your beyonds of tomorrow are directly connected on what you're building today. And here's what the Lord wants us to do. This is what I, 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 I know that when we live for today, then today is what dies. But when we live for tomorrow, we start to build a beyond today. 
look around this room, and I think to myself, today, as a church, we've done some incredible outreaches together. A lot of those in this room where we've given time, talent, and treasure to see the community feel it, to see the teachers feel it, to see the police district feel it, to feel God's love, to feel those surrounding. How many know we're not giving, we're not giving our time, we're not giving our talent, we're not giving our treasure just for those in this room? How many know that? How many know that when you invest, when you invest into something here through change, how many know you're not giving just for this room? You're giving for those that aren't here yet. Come on, we're, we're investing in something that is to come. And when you get those new frames, you realize I'm building tomorrow. I'm building the beyond with everything I do today. My giving isn't just for today. It's not just for today. It's for the beyond that God wants me to build. My serving today is not just for today. It's not just how I feel. It's not just what I'm, I'm working at with my hands right now. No, when I serve, I plant a seed for the beyond for tomorrow. When I invest, when you invest in something, you're investing in the future. You're not investing for right now, right here. How many know investment costs you something? Right? When you invest in your life, when you invest in your relationship with God, it's going to cost you something. When you invest in relationship with one another, and you say, I want to build friendship. I want to build a family. That costs you something. It's not free. It costs you something. But when we live with eternity at mind, we're saying, all right, today, I'm not living for today. I'm investing so eternity can become reality. I'm investing so eternity can become reality in my life. In my heart. And whatever I see is not reality. What God sees is reality. It's when we turn our minds to say, all right, listen. Now, if we approach our life, and what does this look like in the practical for you? If you, if you turn your, your mindset to say, all right, I'm building for eternity. What would that change about the way you approach your life? I, I was challenged by this with the Holy Spirit. As I'm thinking about my life and, and sometimes... You know, you can just get into the flow of today. What's here? What's, what's at hand? And what, what can I be faithful with? And, and there's, a, there's a principle to that, right? To be a good steward with what's in your hand. But how many know that good steward isn't holding? Good steward is sowing. How many know that to be true? That when, when you're given something, it's just like the parable with the talents. God doesn't give us something to hold. God doesn't give us something to grab onto and just keep for ourselves. The Lord, when he entrusts us with something, it's to sow it. It's to give it. It's to put it in the ground. It's to invest in something. And when we have the frames of, of God beyond time and space, we realize that what we do for eternity is building reality. We did an illustration here with, with the, the rope. Remember the green rope? Y'all know that when we did that illustration, we did the little tape and we said this is what we measure life with and it's our 80 years on, on earth. And then we have like all of eternity going. Did you know that there was green? And I was like, oh, it's eagles green because heaven's, you know, for the eagles, whatever, all stuff. Did you know that when I was preaching, Sean went and found the remote to the, that rope light and started changing the colors on me? And that's why it was turning blue and red. And I'm like, this thing has a mind of its own. And yeah, Sean was in the back just changing the colors. Turning it off. I love you, Sean. 
But sometimes we can only measure what we see, and yet God has a reality that's beyond our wildest dreams. And so when we start to focus in and say, God, give me your frames, that I can see eternity. And I think about, I think about dock and takeover, and every time those students show up, and every time we put on the event for them, and we put on the concert, we get the artists, we get the food, we get everything. I think of the investment in those kids' lives. It's not for today. Today you might not even see it. I remember being a youth pastor for 10 years and having kids in our youth group for like four years and, and not seeing much fruit and saying, is it going anywhere? And yet years later now, hearing from them, I'm a missionary in, in, in uh, Ireland and, and some went to be pastors in Indonesia. I'm like, okay, Lord, look at you go. Because how many know the investment is not always right now, right here? You can't see the fruit right here, right now. But when God gives you the perspective to see, I'm building eternity. How many want to build eternity? Come on, how many want to fill heaven? That's our heart. We want to fill heaven. I want to fill this room. Why? Because I want to fill it with people who need Jesus, who can come alive to their purpose. Because the more they come alive to their purpose, means the more they're going to fill heaven. The more they're going to fill heaven. I want to look at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. And I couldn't put this translation down. Out of the message. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life of Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Woo! Paul talks to the Colossians, he says, hey, listen, if you're serious about living this life in Christ, you have to get your eyes off the temporary. You have to start to look up. Come on, somebody bump your name and tell them, you got to look up. you got to look up. Because when we live for the temporary, when we live for today, we live like this. Now, I was always a kid that looked for quarters and dimes and nickels on the ground as we're walking. So a lot of times I would, I'd, I'd be walking like this. Because I'm looking, but did anybody drop anything? And I could make some money here. The older I got, the more I realized that's dirty money. Like, you, you, you really don't want to pick up things off the ground. But I, I, I realize that sometimes when we, when we look down, we miss the beauty, the array, the splendor that's all around us. And you, a lot of us can live in the temporary. I can do this sometimes where I'm so fixated on, on what's here and, and I get so overwhelmed by what's in front of me. And the Lord wants me to look up and see there's so much more that I want you to do. There's so much more that I want you to get in, be a part of. But I love what Paul said. He said, don't shuffle around looking at the ground, absorbed by the things right in front of you. Look up. I want to challenge you, my friend, to look up. To look up in your life. To look up. You, you might be weighed down by life right now. You might be weighed down by whatever's going on in your situation. But can I encourage you today to look up, to see that God is above what you see, to see that God is beyond your strength and ability, to see that God is beyond your fear of rejection, your fear of failure. God is God above 
my insecurity. He's above my identity crisis. He's above my, my panic attack, my anxiety, my depression, my, my, my way of thinking. He's above all that. If we think like that, we know that God is above my issue. God is above my problem. God is above what I see. God is above time. Above what I can measure. Above what I can put my hands around. Above what I can control. Ooh, how many like to control? I like to control things. I like to know the outcome. I like to know if I'm going to put this in, I'm going to get this out. I like to know if I'm going to do this action, I'm going to get it done today. I don't like to leave things on the to-do list. It's a, it's, a, it's a very bad feeling for me. If I put it on the to-do list for today, I want to get it done. There's just something about it. And I believe that when we, when we come at our life with this different perspective of seeing God beyond what we see. I want to look at an example in Samson. Now, Samson was the strongest man on earth, right? God gave him supernatural powers, right? Just, he was, he was, uh, he was a godly man from birth. I'm, if you read in, in Judges is his story. But in Judges 13 or 14, it's talking about how God is, is talking to his parents about who Samson would become. And so this whole thing about don't cut his hair, don't let him touch wine, all these things like Samson was set apart. So when Samson was born, he was a God-fearing man. And I want to look at Judges 15, 20, and then we're going to jump into Judges 16. So I want to I show you when you start to live for today, what can happen to the path that God has you on. Judges 15, 20 is the end of the chapter. And it says this, and he, being Samson, judged Israel 20 years in the days of the Philistines. 20 years Samson judged righteously before God, living for the eternal. And then look at this, Judges 16, 1, the very next verse says this, one day, oh, somebody say one day, one day. One day, Samson went to Gaza, where he saw a prostitute. He went in to spend the night with her. I want to talk about the one day, the one choice, the one time. Samson served righteously before God for 20 years, and yet in one moment chose in one day to throw it all away. Samson chose to go to Gaza, which was about... They say about 56,000 steps. Now back then you didn't grab an Uber or a Lyft, right? You were walking. And so when Samson decided to go to Gaza, he had 56,000 steps to get to Gaza. About nine and a half hours, okay? This is a lot of time to contemplate. This is a lot of time to pause and reflect on what he is about to do. Now, if you read the rest of Samson's story, you know that this got him in a lot of trouble. It started with falling in love with this girl. It started with uh, now having to reveal the truth about his hair because he kept it a secret. But now he had to reveal the truth. He got his hair cut. His strength left him. His eyes gouged out. And he was a slave the rest of his life. This all happened with one day. Come on, somebody say one day. Ah, 
one day. And I want to encourage someone in the room that if you keep your eyes framed on the Lord, saying, God, I want to live for the eternal, not for today. We have to learn the art of pausing and reflecting, of, of when we take steps to realize, am I living this choice, this day, this decision I'm about to make, is it for eternity or is it for today? Is it for, for what God wants to build in my life or am I giving into something that my flesh wants? Samson threw it all away with one choice. And I'm going to ask you, what will be that one choice? We talked a while ago about the cost and counting the cost. And, and I asked the question, and it's, been, it's stuck with me. But it's the question of what does your faith cost? And if we, don't, if we don't count the cost of our faith, we don't count the cost of what eternity means or what it costs to lose our family or what it costs to lose our faith, then you might live every day for your flesh. You might live every day just making that choice to go for the temporary. But let me tell you, God is calling a generation, a culture, a church to rise above the standard of living for today. A church that will say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Let us invest in eternity here. And I know that there are those that are waiting on someone's yes. There are those that are waiting on someone's investment. You have people in your life that are waiting on you to make the decisions that count for eternity's sake. And your land of the promise waits on the one day, on the one choice. This can go the other way. Some of us in this room, you know, you might be living in a way that is for today. You're like, oh, that's how I live. You know, it's just for today and what I got and I'm holding on. But the Lord in one moment can transform your heart to all of a sudden now live outward. And to make the choice to say, you know what, from here on, I'm going to start making decisions for eternity. I'm going to start giving my time for eternity. I'm going to start reevaluating how I come into situations. Not as a taker as a giver, not as one that is there for someone to serve me, but as a servant who gets on the ground and washes people's feet. As not one that's saying, all right, come on, come on. Why, why isn't life going my way? But saying, no, I'm going to build, invest, and make something out of this place. I'm here for such a time as this. The Lord has called me to live beyond dimension, beyond height and width and depth and time. God has called me to go beyond that, to see clearly into eternity and say, I'm living for that. I'm investing in that. And for my kids, I'm investing now so that God can move in them tomorrow. I'm investing in my home now so that God can make it a temple for his dwelling tomorrow. Because God is the God of beyond. So I want to ask you the question, what is God calling you to look beyond? Maybe you have something right in front of you that stares at you every day. And whatever your blank space is, I want to ask you, my friend, what is that space that God wants you to look beyond, to look past? The thing that you can measure, the thing that you've controlled, the thing that we all, right, take on and say, all right, well, this is my reality, and this is what i got to deal with. What is God calling you to say, you know what, I'm going to choose today to look beyond that and to the God 
of all dimensions. I'm going to look into the God beyond time and space. I'm going to look at the God that has power above my capabilities and beyond what I can see clearly. He's the God of the beyond. I want to give you three things today. As Sean comes, three things that we can do to build the beyonds of tomorrow. How many want to build your tomorrow? Stepping into the Lord's best for your life. Here's what I believe. Number one, the first thing we can do to build the beyonds of tomorrow is to invest in eternal things. Choose to invest your time, talent, and treasure in things that will matter for eternity and not just for the temporary. Uh, We're all guilty of this, but we spend a lot of time investing in what we can see. Investing in the temporary. How many know in 80, 90 years, it won't matter. You're going to be gone. You're going to be out of this world. Whether you say yes to Jesus and you're in heaven or you don't, that, that's your choice. But someday, all that we invest in that is temporary will be gone. So the first thing we can do to look beyond into the tomorrow and to build something greater is to invest in eternal things. The Bible says it like this. Uh, where a man's heart is, his treasure follows. And if you can think about it clearly like this, whatever you tie your treasure to will ultimately lead your life. It'll lead your hunger. It'll lead what you desire. It'll lead you. And so if we start to invest in eternal things, you know what's going to happen to your heart? All of a sudden you're going to be directly connected to God. And wherever God leads, you're going to say, I want to invest in that. I want to invest in kingdom coming to earth. I want to invest in lives being transformed. I want to invest in more people getting baptized. Come on. I want to invest in more kids feeling love of Jesus. I want to invest in something that's building his kingdom. It's investing in eternal things. And investing in your relationship with God. Taking the time out to say, I want to invest in my relationship with Jesus. Going beyond just attending church. Going into the inner place, space with God. Getting to know him, getting to know his presence, investing in that. Number two is learning to say no to temporary gain. It's the second most important thing you can do is to learn to say no to temporary gain. Because temporary gain feels good. A lot of life successes have that dopamine fix, man. And it's so, it feels so good. It's like I said with the to-do list. It's so funny, but like just checking things off just gives you that boost. You're like, whoo, I succeeded. And yet if I really, really map out what, I, what is important, sometimes the things in the to-do list, they don't matter. They don't matter for eternity's, eternity's sake. And I love it. One of uh, Chris Hodges said that uh, I need to every day, I need to invest in somebody. I need to love somebody and I need to serve somebody. If I accomplish those three things, I know I'm on path for doing my eternal, eternity's uh, job. And I think about that all the time. Like, all right, today, who have I loved? Who have I served? I, I want to say no to temporary gain of the things that, that are just for today. Hey, we started working out and getting healthy. And let me tell you, my diet before this little health lifestyle change was like a high school student. All right? And every time my wife goes out of town, I turn into that high school student again. Right? I'm eating junk. I'm just eating whatever I want. 
and, and learning to say no to temporary gain. Because temporary gain is like, I want that chocolate fudge right now. Or I want that bowl of cereal. I don't care if it's one in the morning. I want that bowl of cereal. Like, I'm a cereal guy. So at night, man, I'm, I'm pounding like three bowls of cereal, right? I'm just, I love it. But learning to say no, saying no, I want that physical fatigue. I want to feel healthy. I want to be here for the long run. I want to do things that are beyond what I can feel right now. Because right now, I, I feel better than what I felt four weeks ago when we started this thing. Let me tell you. More energy, more better sleep, I'm more present. Like, it just feels good. But we have to learn to say no. And for your walk with Christ, you're going to have to learn to say no to temporary gain. No to things that feel good in the moment. And say, you know what? If I say no to that, I'm saying yes to a life of purity, to a life of peace, to a life of joy, to a life, life of strength. See, all, sometimes all we think about is the no, like what we've lost. Like, oh, I love I can't do that, and I can't do, get your mind off that. that. That's four dimensions. If you think of God and his eternal, beyond time and space, you realize when you say no to temporary, you actually say yes to eternal. And now what's in the kingdom of God is yours. Say no to the world. Yes to God. That's what he said. If you're really serious about this thing, look up and see the things that are happening around Christ. Because those are the things that we can have every day of our lives. But it's learning to say, no, that's only going to suffice me for a day. Maybe that. It's going to suffice me for a moment. I got to get my mind on eternal things. I got to get my mind on what's happening around Christ. Because what's happening around Christ doesn't make sense in the temporary. But it's a life of favor, a blessing, a land of promise that we walk in the best for our life. It's <laughs> when we walk in saying, no, no. So investing in eternal things is number one. Number two is learn to say no to temporary gain. And number three, this is what Samson got wrong. You have to learn to stop and reflect. Stop and reflect. Because I'm going to tell you, you can make a decision today. Say, Pastor, I'm going to live for the eternal the rest of my days. You can say that. And sometimes we can, we can come to God and declare Lord, you're my everything, you're my all, you're my, my one desire. And how many know, Wednesday comes, and it's like, what happened to that declaration? Something comes in our life, and we're like, ah, oh, messed up again. This is where we have to realize, when Samson decided, I'm going to go to Gaza, I'm going to get me a woman, I'm going I'm to get off track here for a little bit, because I've had 20 years of this. When he had that, he had 56,000 steps to take. Nine and a half hours to walk. Now, how many know you might not have nine and a half hours to think about it? But you need to learn the art of stopping and reflecting and saying, Lord, is this going to build eternity? Is this going to build the life that you want for me? Is this going to take me into the land of the promise? Or is this going to neglect everything that you've done for me so far? Is this going to ruin what you've placed in my life? Man, you've got to learn the art of stopping and reflecting. I want to pray over you today. I believe that God has amazing things for your life. I believe that there's a life beyond what you see, can see now that the Lord wants to build in you today. And man, as we go into next week, when we're celebrating six years of being changed church in Philadelphia, I know this, that what the Lord has built now, He's not done with it yet. And I look around this room, there's stories that have not been written yet. 
Because God has done some incredible things, but he ain't finished. He's not done. And so what I want to pray today is the Lord gives you a fire inside of your heart to say, I will not be suffice with the things of this world. I will not stay in the temporary game. But Lord, give me a passion. Give me a hunger. Give me a fire for the things of you that I invest in eternity, that I get a part of what you're doing, that I become a part of the family. I don't just attend, I own it. I'm not just a renter. I'm not just here to people serve me. No, I'm here to serve. I'm here to jump in. I'm here to be all in. Like Isaiah said, here I am, Lord. Send me. 